Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open them with me to Genesis chapter 15. Jerry Savelle gave us this word at the beginning, or actually last year, about this year. He said this year is going to be a year of maximum results, highest level attainable. And I've been following it very, very closely, and I have to agree with everything that he has been teaching us about receiving that. I don't know about you, but I want to receive all that God has for me. Amen? Not because I need more, but because there needs to be more done for the kingdom of God. You know, just like Dan and Brenda, just like Jack and Sherry, just like the food bank that we support, just like the um, uh, Life Center that we support, that's an alternative to the abortion center, just like these things, I want to do more for God. Amen? I'm not interested in doing, having uh, all these programs as much as I am. You know, I say it like this, why, you know, reinvent the wheel? Why don't you support a wheel that's working? And so that's why we support these organizations. But I want to do more. I want to see more. I want to see our nation saved. I want to see lives changed. I want to see young people's lives turned around and uh, for the glory of God and be put on the right track. And I really believe we're going to see that here in the coming days. We're going to see just a a, a tremendous influx of people coming in. They're going to walk in confused and they're going to walk out straightened out and and, uh, just totally transformed by the power of God. I believe that with my whole heart. So I want to lay a foundation with this scripture. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 15. It starts out saying, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Say great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one is born in my house, is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. He's speaking of Ishmael. But one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward uh, heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Does that sound like increase? He believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Say inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know I will inherit it? And he said to me, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought these things to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite of the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he, God, said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. Does that sound like increase? Sounds like increase to me. We know they came out with all the silver and gold of Egypt. Now, as far as you, you shall 
Go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not complete. And it came to pass, when the sun went down, it was dark, that behold, appeared a smoking oven, a burning torch that passed between those two pieces. And on the same day, the Lord made a covenant, St. Covenant, with Abram, saying, To your descendants I've given this land from the river of Egypt to the river Euphrates, the Canaanites, the Kenzanites, the Kadamanites, the Hittites, Perizzites, the Rephim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. So God's saying, I'm going to increase you, Abraham. So, you know, it's God's will for us to increase. He wants us to increase, and I call this the covenant increase because Abraham said, how will you do this? Nothing wrong with asking God how he's going to increase you. Nothing wrong with that at all. Sometimes when we don't know, you know, we can't grow. So sometimes it's good to ask God and inquire of the Lord. And God told Abraham, he said, this is how I'm going to do it, Abraham. I'm going to raise up your, your generation. You and Sarah are going to have a child. So let's talk about um, increase for just a moment. And one of the things that the Bible tells us is this. It tells us that you cannot outgive God. Amen? And the Bible also tells us that God doesn't forget a seed sown. So these little round white containers, little buckets here, I want you to kind of visualize them with me because I did not know how to get the big old uh, fruit baskets, you know, bushels and things. I had no idea where they're at. So this is the closest thing I can do. But I want you to visualize this is your harvest from 1980, okay? But I want you to see it a lot bigger than this, okay? This is your harvest from 1990. Uh, this is your harvest from uh, 2000. This is your harvest in 2010. And this is your harvest for 2020, and then this is your future harvest, okay? So if you're like me, many of us have not received our full harvest from 1980. Hmm? All right. So guess what? We're going to see more. And we haven't received our harvest in 1990. And we haven't received our harvest in 2000. And we haven't received our harvest in 2010. But you know what that makes you a candidate? To receive all those harvests in 2020. If God is what he says he is, he's no respecter of a person. huh? So, you know, when you want to receive maximum results, think about all the harvests you haven't received that's still coming your way. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me pretty excited. Because, you know... In the last days, as things get closer and closer and closer to the coming of the Lord or our time to go beyond the Lord, if we can't outgive God, and the Bible says you cannot outgive God, then you know what? We can expect a bigger harvest every year that we live. We can expect increase every year that we live. Now, one of the things that the Word of God says here is that, first of all, Abraham had to do something, Okay. Number one, God said, this is your inheritance. You need to know that you have an inheritance. Why? Because you're a child of the living God. We say that so regularly, but do we really have revelation of being a child of God? See, I'm a child of Robert and Blanche Luther. 
And when Robert Blanche Luther died, they left me and my brother and sister an inheritance. I knew there was going to be an inheritance. They told me there was going to be an inheritance. You know, and so we can equate to all that. And so it's so easy for us in the natural realm to say, hey, I'm getting an inheritance from my mom and dad when they pass away. But you know what? Why is it so hard for us to say I'm getting an inheritance from my father God? Why is that so hard? I mean, after all, if it wasn't for God, my mom and dad wouldn't be here. And neither would you. So we can receive this natural inheritance, but we have a hard time believing that our God, the creator of heaven and earth, the God who split the Red Sea, the God who parted the Jordan River, the God who healed the lepers, the God who healed the blind, the God who raised the dead, we have a hard time that he would give us an inheritance? Why is that? Because of that revelation knowledge. We need to begin to focus on that God wants us blessed. Tell your neighbor God wants you blessed. God wants you to increase. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to increase. God designed you to increase. And that's your inheritance from him. He wants you. That's why it says in Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says, he has given you power to get wealth. This is his covenant, the covenant of increase. He's given you power to increase. That's God's plan for your life. He wants you to have more than you have right now. You say, well, now, Pastor Tom, you don't understand. I don't have a job or I have a limited resource. You know what? God can get it to you any way he wants to. He can cause you to find the winning lottery ticket on the street that someone threw away, and you can be an instant millionaire. Couldn't he do that? You know, it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the gentleman who went to the Lord and said, God, I, I really want to win the lottery. And uh, the lottery came and went. He said, I don't know why I didn't win it this time, but I'm going to believe you that I'm going to win the lottery again. And the lottery came and went the third, second time. The third time he said, now look, God, this is the way this thing's going to work. If I don't win the lottery this time, I don't think I can serve you anymore. And God spoke to him and said, would you meet me halfway, at least buy a ticket? <laughs> I, you know, listen, I, I, I'm not promoting buy a lottery ticket for God to bless you. Amen. But you know what? He can do it any way he wants. Right. You know? I mean, you can have an old antique in your, in, in your attic and be worth millions of dollars. You can have a witty invention that God gives you. And this time next year, you're bringing hundreds of thousands of dollars just as tithes. You know what? God can do it any way he wants to do it. But what we have to understand is that God wants you to increase. And we have to take the limits off of how God wants to increase us. Hello, somebody. Am I preaching to the right Pentecostal church? But he can do it any way he wants to. And this is what we have to be careful of. We need to be careful not to limit God through our perception of how he ought to do it. Let God be God. Tell your neighbor, let God be God. So we need to know that we have an inheritance. Secondly, we need to know that God doesn't forget the seed that we have sown. He doesn't forget the offerings that we have given. You know, he remembers everything. He remembers every seed we've given. You know, the Word of God says in Galatians, it says that uh, do not be deceived for God's not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he shall reap. Is that God's promise? Amen. It is God's promise. And so the first thing that Abram did was he received the word of the Lord. 
God spoke to him. He said, Abraham, don't be, or Abram, he, called, he was Abram at that time. He said, don't be afraid, okay? Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. Don't be afraid. Don't be concerned about what goes on in your economy. Don't be concerned about what goes on in other nations. I am your shield. I will protect you, and I am your great reward. So Abraham had to make a choice right then to believe God or not believe God. So he believed God, and the Bible says that because he believed God, he was accounted to him the righteousness of God. What does that mean? That means that regardless of where Abraham had been in that particular time, God said, because you believe me, Abraham, I'm putting you now in right standing and giving you the right to receive this inheritance. So you're in right standing with God, and he has given you the right to receive this inheritance. He's given you the right to receive great rewards. This is his plans for your life. John 1.12, I believe, says that as many as received him, he gave them the power to be the sons of God. And that word power means right or the authority. He has given you the right to be the son of God, and he's given you the rights of being a son of God. So as a child of Robert and Blanche Luther, I had certain rights that they gave me by bringing me into this world. As a child of God, I've got certain rights and authority that God's given me because I have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have those same rights. That word righteousness keeps on going and going and going. Not only are you in right standing with God, but he's given you the right to increase. That's why we say there's no man and there's no devil and there's no government that can stop God's plan for your life. That's why we say that, because we've been given the right to be overcomers in this life and receive his inheritance and his great rewards for our lives. So he believed God. He asked God how it was going to manifest, and God began to show him how it was going to manifest. God reminded Abraham of his promise. Abraham said, well, you know, praise God, I've got Ishmael. God said, no. Sorry, Abraham, that was your idea. I've got a better idea. But God has a better idea. You know, his plan is higher than our plans. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we need to understand that when we begin to seek God, God will begin to direct us into that place of receiving that inheritance and taking on and manifesting, seeing the manifestation of his great rewards for our lives. I'm believing God for maximum results, okay? So God reminded Abraham uh, uh, of his promise. Abraham believed God. And then God made a covenant with Abraham. That's what bring me a three-year-old heifer was all about. Bring me a three-year-old ram. That's what it was all about. And so Abraham cut him in two. He put each piece on each side right there. And so that it would represent blood in the middle. And God made a blood covenant with Abraham. Well, you have a covenant with God through Jesus Christ. God has a covenant with you, and his covenants are yes and amen. And wherever you see where Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, what he's saying is that I'm giving you a promise backed by a covenant. Verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe he has those things which he says, he shall have those things which he's been saying. 
That's a covenant. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you. Wherever he says that, he's saying, I have a promise for you, and I'm going to back it with my covenant. I've made a covenant with you to bring these promises unto you. That's God's plan for your life. And so he made a covenant with Abraham, and God told him what to do. And so Abraham had to do something, the same thing we have to do. Number one, he had to drive off the vultures. Sometimes we have to drive off the vultures. You know, our first title of this message was, you know, drive away the buzzards. You know, we don't have vultures, we have buzzards here. Every so often you'll see one of those turkey buzzards, you know, trying to get something off the road that got killed. You know, all they want is roadkill. You know, the interesting thing about buzzards is this. They just want to eat on what's dead, not what's alive. Think about it. What buzzards are plaguing your mind? It's usually not what's ahead of you. It's usually the buzzards of what's been behind you. That thing that which is already dead. You got to drive out that which is in your past. You can't live in the future if you're going to dwell on the past. You got to let that thing go. You not only just let it go, but you have to make a firm stand that you have to drive out that buzzard of your past. Every time that buzzer shows up and says, well, who do you think you are that God can bless you? Get out of here. Shoo. Get off my offering. Why is it that sometimes people don't, get, don't receive the maximum harvest in their life? Because they begin to think, well, maybe God doesn't want to bless me. Yeah, he'll bless Pastor Tom and Vicki. Yeah, keep saying that. I agree with that. Amen. <coughs> he'll bless, you know, some of the staff. He'll bless this person. But me, you know, I've just got too much baggage in my life. And this is why we have to go back to what God said about Abraham. Because Abraham believed and because you believe, God put you in right standing so you can receive. Hello, somebody. That's God's plan for your life. He put you in right standing. So you have to drive off the buzzards of life that all they do is feed on the negative dead things of the past. You can't allow that to be in your soul. Ken Hagen said this one time, and a lot of people have quoted it, and it's a really good metaphor, and that is, you know, you may not be able to keep the birds from circling over your head, but you certainly can keep them from roosting in your hair. You know, thoughts can come, but you don't have to dwell on them. That's why the Bible says when you dwell on those things which are pure, when you think on those things which are lovely, see, you have a choice to think what you want to think about. You know, let me just give you an example. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to picture a 1970 avocado refrigerator. See that 1970 avocado refrigerator? Somebody said they're coming back in style. My wife wants one. No, she doesn't. But you see that avocado refrigerator? Mom had, my mom had avocado. I mean, she had the avocado canisters. She had avocado on her kitchen rug. She had avocado everywhere. I mean, everything was avocado. Stove, refrigerator, everything. I thought I was going to be guacamole before it was over. But anyway, so, so you see that avocado refrigerator, you know, and oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but you know, scientists have come out and proven that dwelling on avocado refrigerators bad for your health. So quit dwelling on that avocado refrigerator. Quit thinking about that avocado refrigerator. Don't dwell on that avocado refrigerator. Quit thinking about the avocado 70 style. It's out of style, 
And for some of you, it will never come back. Quit thinking about it. What are you thinking about? The avocado refrigerator. Now start thinking about my favorite red refrigerator. For those who have been around here for a long time. Dwell in that red refrigerator. I saw an antique refrigerator, and they took it to a body shop, and they painted it red. Boy, it was beautiful. I wanted it so bad. You know, I like, you know, if, some, if God put it on your heart to buy one and just put it out in the foyer as an example, that would be okay. But anyway, so anyway, I, uh, anyway, you need to dwell in that red refrigerator. Think about it. It doesn't really matter what kind of red refrigerator it is. Best Buy sells red refrigerators. In fact, I think they sell blue refrigerators too. But I want you to think about a red refrigerator. So what's happened to that avocado refrigerator? See, it's a matter of replacing the thoughts with righteous thoughts. Not thinking, can God really do that for me? But start thinking, God wants to do that for me. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be the richest person in the world. I'm going to be the next millionaire. Hmm? Now, wait a minute. Say it with some faith. I'm going to be the next millionaire. Hmm? Tell your neighbor, I'm going to receive my harvest. I'm going to receive maximum results. The highest level attainable. That's me. That's who I am. I'm expecting it. I'm believing it. I'm seeing it. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I have enough to buy me a new car and you a new car. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But not dwell on, you know, well, I don't know if I'm good enough. Or You have to drive off the vultures of the past so you can, so you can obtain the blessing of the Lord in your life. So Abraham had to do something. Secondly, the next thing, not secondly, but the next thing Abraham did is he stayed with it until God manifested. How do you know that? Because he fell asleep. You know, he stayed right there until God showed up. And as he stayed there, the longer he stayed there, and you know, and the sun started to set, he got tired, he fell asleep, and in his sleep, God revealed himself to him and told him, this is how it's going to happen, Abraham. So if we're going to receive the maximum result, we're going to have to stay with what God has for our lives. Amen? We're going to have to dig our heels in and say, I'm staying here until I see all that God has for me. Amen? I'm going to stay here until I see all that God has for me. Glory to God. I'm believing God for greater things. You know, it's not over yet. Amen? I'm not six foot in the ground. Glory to God. It's not over until I'm done. Amen? It's still not over. Because God told Abraham, listen, even in your old age, Abraham, I'm raising up a generation to fulfill my plans in your life. It's not just over. It's just began. Amen? This is God's plan for your life. He is the God of more than enough. He is the God who wants to increase you. He is the God who wants to see you have maximum results and the highest level attainable. Why? Because he made a covenant with you so that he can do that for your life. I don't know about you, but I'm going after it. Glory to God. I want to see all my harvest of what I've sown in the 80s. I want to see all the harvest of what I've sown in the 90s. I want to see all the harvest of what I sold in, uh, sowed in 2000. I want to see all the harvest of Vicky, what Vicky and I sowed in 2010. I want to see all the harvest of what we're going to sow in 2020. Amen? God's no respecter of a person. Glory to God. And if he can do it for others, he can do it for me. There are people who are popping up, getting wealthy all, all the time. And God can show you how you can get wealthy. It is God's plan for you to increase. 
Well, Jesus said this about running off the vultures. He said this in Luke 10, 19. says, I've given you all power. Say all power. I've given you all power over the power of the enemy. And by no means, say no means, shall anything harm you. That's God's plan for your life. He's given you power to war off the vultures, to get rid of the buzzards, to let go of those things which are dead so you can obtain those things which are alive that God has for your life. We doing okay this morning. So Abraham stayed with until he fell asleep, and then God gave Abraham a plan. Now, the next thing that God did was right before Isaac, I mean, excuse me, Isaac was born. Go with me to Genesis chapter 17. You know, Vicki was saying something this morning, and part of my reading devotion is going through Deuteronomy, but, you know, Deuteronomy says, if you will wholly follow the Lord thy God, all these blessings will come upon you. If you will wholly follow the Lord your God. So doing your best is a key to receiving God's best in your life. And this is what God said to Abraham in verse uh, chapter 17. Abraham was Abraham Abram was 99 years old and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, "I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly." Wow. Does that sound like supernatural increase? Amen. Abraham fell on his face and says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, Abram, but you sh- your name shall be Abraham. And I've made of you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and the generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants. Also, I give to you descendants after you, the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, uh, the everlasting possession. I will be their God. He said, and God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant and you and your descendants after you throughout their generation. And this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, that it may be a sign of covenant between me and you. Now, I don't quite understand the physical part of the circumcision, but I do understand the spiritual side of it. And God is saying, I want you to circumcise your heart. I want you to remove the flesh that's hindering you from being fruitful. That's what God is saying. You know, and so one of the last things that Abraham had to do was that he had to be circumcised as a sign of a covenant between him and God, and it's a sign of us circumcising our own hearts so that any flesh, anything of the world, anything that's not of God, anything that, that is hindering us from fully and wholly following after God shall be removed. This is how we get to that place where we can see the maximum results in our lives, is to wholly, fully follow after God. What is God saying? What's God saying to you? You know, for you to wholly follow after God or for you to wholly obey God may be a little different than what he's telling me. But he may be telling you something, you know, that you're supposed to do. Maybe he's putting on your heart to to be a blessing to somebody. Maybe he's putting on your heart to, you know, start a new business. Maybe he's putting on your heart to get out there by faith and and, uh, develop a new invention. And a lot of times the enemy comes and says, well, you know, what if you fail? What if you succeed? 
What if you're the next person who bottles water and makes millions of dollars off of it? I mean, think about it. Who would have thought when I was growing up that we would pay $3 for bottled water? We didn't even know what bottled water was. Oh, we had some. We had distilled water that we used for our irons so they wouldn't rust out. You know, our irons, you know. Do, do people still iron their clothes today? Okay, I just want to know. Okay. You know, if you drank it, it was just like, mmm, eating the, you know, unripe persimmon. I mean, the, you know, it's like the inside of your mouth just kind of, you know, shrank up and could hardly breathe. But uh, no, I mean, who would have thought? Bottled water. Someone's making millions of dollars off of bottled water, aren't they? You know, who would have thought that we would ever bottle iced tea? Iced tea. You know, when we were growing up, the only thing that was bottled was Coca-Cola, you know, Mountain Dew, you know, a little bit of orange juice, some chocolate milk, and that was about it. I mean, you go into these convenience stores and the whole back wall is full of drinks that somebody has created and making. You know, how do you know they're making millions off of it? Because they're selling it to you. It's still there. If they weren't making millions, it wouldn't be available. What's the next witty idea that God has for you? Hmm? Why not step out and trust God and show God how he wants to bring it to pass? You know, if God be for you, who can be against you? And God has a plan for you to increase in this life. But you know what? We really do need to go after God with our whole hearts. This is what's going to change the world. How many of you know our world needs to be changed? Amen. How many of you know we need to have revival? You know, from the White House to every house. You know, from the northern border to the southern border. From coast to coast, we need revival. And you know, this is why God wants to increase us so that we can be supporters of these revivals that God's going to do. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to seeing a greater move of God like I've never seen before. I believe with my whole heart this next revival is going to be marked, so marked that the world's just going to be astonished by what's going on. But I believe people are going to come into this building and they have had a transgender surgery. And I believe they're going to come in one way but leave restored the way God originally created them. You say, Pastor, you know what you're saying? Yeah, I know exactly what I'm saying. That means that God will restore parts that were cut off. I get it, okay? But is anything too hard for our God? Amen. I mean, he's a God who can replace, you know, a steel uh, implant in someone's arm and put it right next to their bed. There's a story of a man, you know, he was in Africa. He was serving God, got prayed for. He had a steel elbow put in his arm. And when he woke up the next morning, the surgical steel was put on the side of his bed, but he had a complete arm put in in his body. God can do anything, amen? I'm looking forward to seeing more and more of God in my life. What's it going to take? Number one, just like Abraham, we need to believe God. We need to believe God wants us to have the maximum result possible, the highest level attainable. We need to know that God watches over his word to perform it. He made a covenant with us. He made a promise that whatsoever a man give, he shall, he shall reap if he faints not. I'm going to reap what God has for my life. I don't know about you. I'm going to receive my inheritance. He has an inheritance for you. I'm going to go after all that God has for me. But Abraham fully went after God. As God said, don't be afraid, Abraham. I am your exceeding, I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Will you let God be that to you? 
Will you go after him with your whole heart? Will you say, I'll let God, the Holy Spirit of God, circumcise any fleshly thoughts, anything of the past? Will you drive off the buzzards of the, of the dead things in your life and say, I'm going to receive all that God has for my life? I don't know about you, but I want all that God has for my life. I want to see maximum results. I want to see the highest level attainable that God has for me. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.